Hello, and welcome to the Reach or Miss Show, the podcast for the customer-focused entrepreneur, where Hayut Yogev speaks with entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs about reaching or missing the critical point of approaching the right customer with the right message at the right time and place. The point where business success starts. And here is your host, Hayut Yogev. Rich Almost, episode 152. Hey, my riches, it's Monday today, and I'm so happy to be here and really hope that this episode of the Rich or Miss podcast, My Dog is Barking, will help you to start this week with a smile and also with a lot of thoughts and ideas. But before that, I would like to personally invite you to join me to one of my two Facebook groups, either Entrepreneurial Marketing Success, which I have quite a long time, more than 2,000 members, but I really want to ask you to come join me and let's take it to the next level. Come, be active, share your thoughts, your posts, what you're doing, your entrepreneurship the other group is quite new. I just established it. It's called Women Entrepreneur Starting Out. Sorry, guys. It seems like women are helping other women more in close groups. However, I really hope that all the ladies here will join both groups. In the Women Entrepreneur Starting Out group, which I just started, there is a lot of things to either share or hear from others about starting out anything that has to do with entrepreneurial marketing or entrepreneurial business success. So join me there. And now let's dive into today's episode. Social media is, as I see it, and those who listen to me know that, is the best chance for entrepreneurs to reach fast, big, long-term success. So this episode is heading to the Social Media Marketing World 20 conference in San Diego that actually starting today, very soon. In this episode, we're going to hear three entrepreneurs who used social media to stand out and one influencer that helps us understand what's next in social media and marketing as a whole. Five days ago, Wednesday, February 26, 2020, I was making my last preparations for my flight tomorrow to San Diego, where I'll attend the largest and most important international conference for social media. In my bag, along with my laptop and book, are two of the best face masks which I promised my daughter and the mother of my first granddaughter that I wore throughout the flight to the conference, a 22-hour journey that I'm going to be with this mask. The coronavirus is here. For the sixth year in a row, I'm flying to the Social Media Marketing World Conference in San Diego. I don't even provide social media services to my clients. However, Throughout the last 12 years, among my 33 years of marketing career, 
I help entrepreneurs achieve business success. Social media is by far the most important method that any entrepreneur can use today to become known, stand out from the crowd, and reach sustainable success. So it's Wednesday, and I hear in the evening news that the health department just published new instructions and recommendations to avoid flying abroad and to avoid participation in international conferences. I won't be able to physically attend the conference in San Diego this year. Within 24 hours, I made all the needed arrangements to cancel my five flights and replaced my attendant in-person ticket to the virtual ticket. So I can not only learn everything that is going to happen or that is happening today, and there are more than 100 speakers there, fantastic speakers, but I can also share it with you, hopefully next week or in the week afterwards. So, especially for the Social Media Marketing World Conference, which I won't attend this year, let's listen to three entrepreneurs who used social media to stand out and start building their successful entrepreneurship, and to one of the most important influencers in the field of social media and of the new marketing. My first guest is Black Jameson, that studied economics and today is a portrait artist for professional athletes. Let's hear about how he uses social media in his entrepreneurship. Black Jameson is a pop portrait artist in Manhattan, New York. He paints pop art portraits for professional athletes and celebrities, including Howie Mandel, Drew Brees, Joe Montana, Gary Vilnachuk, and over 250 other professional athletes in the NFL, NBA, NHL, MLS, and PLL. Black's path to becoming a full-time artist was far from traditional. Despite his passion for art at a young age, Black decided to forego art school for a more practical degree, studying economics at UC Davis. After graduating, Blake began his career in digital marketing at Zynga. He worked in digital marketing for nearly a decade, working for small tech startups to publicly traded companies. On his 30th birthday, Blake decided it was time to stop building someone else's dream and start to follow his own passions. He began painting full-time nearly five years ago, and has carved out a niche that allows him to paint every day. Black Jameson, hey, what a great pleasure to have you here. Hello, thanks for having me. It's so great that you are here, and I would like to ask you to share with us what are you doing and what's passionate about today, and where are you heading? I grew up in a very creative household. I was always encouraged to paint or draw or do photography, all of those things I love doing. However, I kind of have convinced myself from a young age that art was a starving artist and it was not necessarily a viable career path. So (laughs) instead of doing actually what my parents encouraged that I do, which was studying art in college, I decided to study economics and took what I thought was the safe route at the time and parlay that into a career in marketing. So when I graduated college, 
it was when oh. social media marketing was become was just starting to become an actual respected career and i was able to get in at a very you know ground level for some pretty reputable companies and work my way through several different companies and then i spun off and started working for myself as a freelancer which allowed me to work with even more companies and Ultimately, it was on my 30th birthday that I decided that I was tired working for someone else's dream and I wanted to follow my own dreams and realized also at that time that, you know, maybe my parents were right all along. <laughs> okay. And then how did you come to Painting Athlete? Sure. Okay, great. So I'm very grateful. My background in marketing and understanding specifically digital marketing and having the experience marketing a very, very wide range of products. I understood how social selling worked and how it was really a relationship building business. And because of my experience in digital marketing, I had built up not a huge, but a moderate following of, of friends and family and colleagues and people I met along the way. And so when I first decided, okay, I'm going to start painting, I knew that I had to specialize and I had to come up with a specific hmm. niche. I was never the artist that says, well, I'm just going to paint whatever I feel like painting, which It's fine. If someone wants to do that, that's no problem. But I'm also a marketer and a businessman. And so I decided I'm going to paint a specific thing for a specific subset of people. And because of my network at the time, I decided that I was going to paint for offices, okay. basically for tech companies, because those were all everything. Everything in my Rolodex mm. was tech companies. And so I was going to my existing contacts. I must ask something. Oh, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. Did you really have a Rolodex? Oh, like... Uh, no, I had my, my phone, uh, contact list. Okay. When I, when I did some marketing and sales before I did have a physical role, <laughs> but I started going to those people and saying, I'm an artist. I paint office art basically for tech companies because that, that was my contact list. And so what that ended up like turning into is I was painting a lot of portraits of people like Steve jobs or Gary Vaynerchuk or different, you know, iconic mm -hmm. tech founders, not necessarily for them at the time, but for other people who aspired to be like them and put a picture of Steve Jobs in their office really? or, you know, a mo some kind of motivational quote. And I did that for, I think it was about two years and that was going well. I, I had my niche carved out and I was gaining reputation as one of the leaders in that space. And it was really oh. kind of lucky coincidence that I met this guy while I was delivering art to a different client in Las Vegas, I met someone who had previously played in the NFL professional football and was now a manager of existing players that play in the NFL. And he really liked my art. And he said, man, office art's really cool, but what if you did some paintings for some of my clients and then I'll make yeah. sure that they're going to post about it on social media. They're going to promote you. I can't like, I would love to give this to them as a gift. So it was free from, from the beginning. The expectation was this would be unpaid work, but it could potentially lead to more work. And I've always, I always, um, what's the right word? I gravitate towards that, those type of opportunities. I'm never afraid free. And, and at that time, unfortunately I was free and, and I did it. And as soon as I painted for a few athletes and then I realized that Their teammates saw it, and by nature, they're very, very competitive mm. people. And so when one guy buys a painting, or not even when one guy has a painting, the next guy wants a bigger painting. They also have the you know disposable income to pay for it, and they have 
much bigger social media followings to promote my work than most te startup tech companies that I was working for. <laughs> so it just made sense. And so I pivoted the business. I guess it was two and a half, three years ago now. And at this point in my career, I've painted, I think, more professional athletes than almost anybody else in my space. Wow. You are coming also in a way from uh, the tech world or, or have been connected to technology. And I want to ask you, can you recommend the best or most effective technological or digital tool that's related to customer focus, marketing or sales? However, I'm not looking for the shiniest last yeah. tool in the endless list. I'm looking for something that really helps you to succeed. No problem. It really works for you. Yeah. So, so I have two of them. Great. And as an artist, I know that they are probably the least commonly recommended. Great. And it's kind of why they're so good for me. So number one is LinkedIn because mm -hmm. LinkedIn is geared towards professionals. And as an artist, a visual artist on LinkedIn, I am few and far between. There's just not, there's no competition. And so there's a ton of people there and they all have this expectation of, oh, I'm going to talk to someone that's in finance or someone that's a developer or someone that's in tech. <laughs> and so when I can share my content on LinkedIn saying, look at what I painted, everyone's like, well, that's different. And, in, you know, that's how we connected, obviously. Yeah, I know exactly yeah. because that's what happened to me. Yeah. I saw what you were doing and said, wow. I must talk with this guy. Yeah. And I, I was sure that my listeners would love that because it is different. And I think I was surprised a bit about how you're using LinkedIn. Right. Because it's like, uh, oh, he will run to Facebook or to Instagram, but you're in LinkedIn. Yeah. No, LinkedIn has been amazing. I started doing LinkedIn because I was doing the office art. And so I was sure. trying to connect with office managers or interior designers and that is kind of what turned me on to linkedin but even when i pivoted to the sports portraits i realized that well business professionals can put sports portraits in their office and also the professional side of the sports industry of the agents or the financial planners that specialize in working with nfl players or professional athletes are very active on linkedin but they're only being solicited by other business people not by artists saying, I want to create something unique for your client. This could be a cool Christmas gift or any number of ways that I could engage with them. So it's been, it's been a super, super helpful platform specifically because there's so little competition. So depending what the listeners do, LinkedIn might not be the best answer, but the best answer might be, well, where do your clients hang out that they're not being approached by a bunch of your competitors? Hmm. You know? First of all, I think that LinkedIn is in a way underestimated, especially for young entrepreneurs. So it's good that you are bringing it up again. And what is the second? Yeah, and I do have a second. I still have a second one. Sure. What is the second one? So again, I feel like this is one that is overlooked as a visual artist because it offers visual, but it's not a visual platform, but it's Twitter. Hmm. And the reason that I love that is because Twitter is the only place that you can find real world conversations that are going on in the public space and jump in and it still feel organic and you can become part of that conversation without it feeling like spam. That's right. And can you give an example? Sure. So think about 
anybody that's talking about professional sports, which, for example, right now we're in football season. So every Sunday, there are so many tweets. <laughs> I could never, I would never have enough time to read them all about this, you know, one specific player made an amazing play or one specific team had an amazing upset or somebody got hurt or a new player was signed to a new team. There are these conversations that are happening very, very organically in a very public space saying, oh my gosh, I can't believe CJ Anderson got dropped by this team, but he got picked up by this team and he's going to play next week. <laughs> and then I can jump in saying, yeah, it's amazing. And also CJ is a really great person. He was the first player I ever painted in the NFL. He's one of my best collectors. And here's a painting that I did of him. And <laughs> it's like, I can go straight from jumping into a conversation, not necessarily feeling like spam, but also be able to promote my art and what I do to people that care about him as a player. So there's no other place like that. The closest, I guess, might be very specialized Facebook groups. But even that, a lot of them, you have to basically get accepted into them. And even to get accepted into them, you have to know what the group's called or who moderates the group or there's all these gatekeepers and there aren't those gatekeepers on Twitter. It's just this public forum and it's limited where everyone only gets a short little blurb and then they're done. <laughs> and there's also, it's just different where in most social platforms like Facebook, for example, or Instagram, if you post once and then right after that you post again, your first post is kind of going to get squished and it's not going to be relevant anymore. And, hmm. and Facebook or Instagram is only going to promote your most recent thing. If they're going to promote it, yeah. Yeah. Not even, not even promote it. Promote is not even the right <laughs> word. Just allow it to exist yeah. in the public sphere, right? Uh, that's right. But on Twitter... There's millions and millions of different individual conversations going on at one time. Yeah. And you could jump into 10 of them in a row, all within five minutes. Right. And your replies live on within that thread as if they're their own thing. And there's, just, right. there's nothing else like that right now. And so I still just, to this day, I love Twitter. That's how, I'm, that's how I actually get in contact with most of the NFL clients. If I'm talking to the exact player, if I'm talking to the agent, it's on LinkedIn. If I'm talking to someone else in the business, it's usually LinkedIn, but it's, if it's the players themselves or fans of the players themselves, it's Twitter. Hmm. I think there are two great things about that in Twitter. First of all, is the place that the athletes or the celebrities themselves yep. are there as well as the fans together. Not like LinkedIn that only yep. business people or those who see themselves as business people will be there. And the other thing about Twitter, and you said it, but I really loved that about what you said, is that in Twitter, it's totally allowed to talk about what you're doing. I mean, it's not a spam if you are coming in the right moment with the right discussion, with the right painting or the right message, because you are getting into the conversation. Yeah, no, Twitter is awesome. It is. I love that. Yeah. My second guest is Diana Dusano. She realizes how small businesses and entrepreneurs can benefit from social media. She left the corporate world and started to help businesses directly. Not only she is doing it right and her business succeed, but she is also able to help a lot of entrepreneurs. 
Let's hear her story about that. Diana Lozano has been in the social media and digital marketing world for over seven years. She is the co-founder of Supremacy Marketing, a boutique social media marketing firm based in New York City, who manages the social media presence of clients mainly, but not only, from the hospitality and restaurants markets. Her experience ranges in creating social media strategies and consulting for both B2C and B2B brands to help them stand out and break through digital walls for ongoing success. She blogs at Darielu.com, where she provides social media tips, resources, and courses. You can see her work published in Social Media Week, Social Media Today, and Agora Pulse blog. Dariana Lozano, what a pleasure to have you here. Hi. Hi, how are you? How are you? I'm so great. I'm, I'm so happy to talk with you. And I would like to ask you to share with us what are you doing and most passionate about today and where are you heading? Sure. Um, so it's a pleasure to be here on the show. I'm honored that he asked me to talk with you and your audience. Mm. Uh, so I've been in social media marketing for about eight years now. Um, I started off in the corporate world and I went to agencies and I felt that social media was a little bit of an afterthought. You know, people would bring me in last minute into meetings and hmm. just asking for a lot of things and they didn't really understand social media and what I could do. And I got a little bit frustrated and I just <laughs> that I just wanted to do this on my own and work with companies that I wanted to work with. And work more one-on-one -on -one with people and really help them understand social media so that it's not the last thing they think about, but uh, something that they think about in the beginning when they want to create a campaign or have a business or a product that they want to market. So I started my business about four years ago with my partner, and we help entrepreneurs, small businesses, large businesses. We basically help anyone who wants to be on social media. And when we talk about social media, how would you define it? What is social media for you? Because there are so many ways to look at it, and I have my own <laughs> way and my own beliefs in it. And I am really curious to hear how you see it. Yeah, so for me, social media kind of even the playing field for everyone. Um, I believe that it's a great platform if you... You know, thought that you couldn't do something. Now we're seeing people just following their passions because they were sharing it. And it was just that simple. It's become a little bit more difficult now because it's so accessible. Everyone has access to it on their phones, on their computers. But I really do think that it evens the playing field for people that really want to get out there and start their own business or are passionate about something. You're starting to see all these new careers blossom from this thing that was just supposed to be for fun. And for staying connected with your friends and family. So I just, I really think it's, it's a big equalizer and it gives a lot of opportunities. Can you recommend the best or most effective technological or digital tool that's related to customer focus marketing on sales? And when I'm talking about a new or the best tool, I'm not looking for the last shiniest tool in the endless <laughs> list, but I'm looking for something that really works for you. or maybe works for your customers and really make the difference for them or for you? Yeah, so I mean, there's because I work in social media, we do use a lot of different tools. Um, 
but I feel like I'm gonna go really simple here. Emails <laughs> and texts. Are... It's, it's a great answer, actually. It's the answer we got most, I must say. And always when somebody said that they don't feel because it's not really a tool, right? But it's the most it effective. Yeah. yeah. It so helps tech... communicate. It helps people reach out to us if there's a problem. We email or you know text message. Uh, so yeah, that's I think that's our biggest helper. And uh, when you say email, there is such an issue about creating your email list because you really need people to give you their private or their work email. Everybody say, just find something, give them a freebie or anything else, but everybody is doing that today. So yeah. how do you actually manage to bring or to create this community of people that wants to be in touch with your customers? Yeah, so um, I would default to that answer to give something for free as well. But after you give them something for free, you have to really keep them engaged. So just constantly providing value. I know people sometimes are scared to give things away or give their knowledge away. But, you know, people are not going to do what you're teaching them. It's, it's just hard. If they really need help, they don't have time to try to read all your blog posts try to stitch this thing together from these random blog posts that you have. It's just too much work. Um, so if someone really wants to hire you, they will. And I don't think putting free information out there value is, is uh, bad or it deters people from contacting you. If anything, it shows them, you're showing them that you know what you're talking about and that you're a leader in your field and do it. <laughs> Give people value. I think people are looking for value. I think also... If you give them uh, like a community feel or or just make them feel like you are actually there and they're not just talking to a machine, I think like a lot of what we do nowadays is automated. Yeah. Um, it feels very cold because it's all through a screen. So if you can offer something in person or just have the feeling like, you know, they can email you and get in touch with you and talk to a real person, I think that really makes a difference now. What kind of freebie? Would you recommend entrepreneurs or startups to give in order to collect the emails? I think this is an issue that yeah. became more and more complicated because people get used to get so many things free. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I've used a lot of different for my blog. Um, I do I have a resource library, so I have a lot of different um, like checklists, guides in there. Uh, I also think webinars work very well. So if you can, you know, put together a video and it doesn't have to be, I think people get scared because they feel like their videos need to be very high production, high production value. And it doesn't, if you're delivering value uh, and people like you, people will listen. So uh, I, I have a resource library. So it's a bunch of stuff that's in there for free and I you know, add new things every once in a while. So it might be a new checklist, a new video, um, so that's how I do it. I think it really depends on your business. And, you know, like if, for example, you uh, are a shoe brand, you can put like a style guide together of how to style the shoes with different outfits. So it really depends, I think, on what your product or service is. Hmm. Um, so think about not just how they can directly use your product or service, but like other, other ways you can highlight hmm. how they can use the, the product. Thanks. 
you know, there are many things that affect success, and you're just talking mm-hmm. about success and about really giving a good service because you don't have the bandage to take care of everybody that wants to get your help. Right. But I want to ask you, I believe that everyone has their one most important factor that affects their success. And I want to ask you, what is your key success factor? What made it for you? I love this question. I genuinely think that I've gotten to the point where I am now uh, with support of my business partner, obviously, but also I just really care. I, I love social media marketing. I want to help businesses. I want to help them learn and understand my job and social media. And I help them do that. And, you know, I always tell them, if you have any questions, please ask me. I am here as a resource for you to ask. You know, if you, if you have any ideas, let me know. We'll work on them and translate them to work on social media. So I really do just genuinely care. And I want my customers to feel good about what they're putting up there. I have one of the most transparent, you know, you know whether I'm working mm-hmm. or not. <laughs> you know, you can log on to your Twitter account on your Instagram account and see if we're posting. You can see the images we're using. You can see the captions. It's very transparent. So I just want to make sure that they're happy with what they're seeing, that they feel that I'm encompassing their brand in the right way and that I'm putting it out there in the right way. So I, I think my tip to anyone is just to genuinely care mm-hmm. because it, it comes up in your work. Wow, I love that. <laughs> the fantastic Dr. I. Edison Zhang invented School Without Walls and hosts a live streaming show that has enabled her to stand out. It is something that I really think each of you should consider. Let's hear the charming Dr. I. Dr. I. Edison Zhang is an educator and entrepreneur. She received her MA and PhD in communication from Syracuse University and the University of Maryland in the US. I is the founder of Classrooms Without Walls, an independent and progressive school that helps young adults become future ready. She is also an Adobe Education leader, HubSpot Academy instructor, and Sam Rush webinar host. I's work has been featured in Forbes, Inside Higher Education, Pearson Education, and Mark Schaefer's book, among others. I host two weekly live streaming shows in which she interviews thought leaders in social media and education, such as Seth Godin, Mark Schaefer, and Neil Patel. She frequently speaks at academy and industry conferences, including VidCon, Global Marketing Day, Global Digital Marketing Summit, Social Media Week Lima, and others. Let's meet Dr. I. Dr. I, what a pleasure to have you here. Hi. Oh, thank you so much for having me here. So honored. It is my honor and it's great. And I just learned about you because I heard a very, very, very warm recommendation that I must have you on my show. So here you are. And I'm looking forward to hear all you have to tell us. I just shared with our listeners what you've done until now. And I would
would like you to share with us what are you doing and most passionate about today and where are you heading? Yeah, so I used to be a counselor. I taught in higher education in quite a few different universities in the United States for more than 10 plus years. I taught communication, public relations, but later as social media became really popular, so I started to teach more social media personal branding classes. And uh, but last year in May 2019, I resigned oh. from my associate professor position hmm. to embark an audacious journey, which is to build my own school. And uh, that is what I'm working on right now. Wow, it sounds fantastic, your own school. What does it mean? <laughs> So and I think uh, you asked me how I got started on this journey. And uh, it, after teaching uh, in higher education for so many years, I really started to notice how our educational system was not really preparing our children for the future. Okay. So pretty much we are using an old, very old model to prepare our children for the future. And that hurts me as an educator. I don't want to see that. And uh, I love learning, I love reading, and uh, I feel like I cannot have a solution yeah. <laughs> for this problem. I feel like I can better prepare the next generation based on what I have learned from my personal experience as an educator, um, from the books I read, um, from the podcasts I listened to, the conferences I attended, the people I worked with. So, yeah, and there are many important missing links in our education that are not being emphasized in the traditional educational system. Like, for example, yeah. digital storytelling, right? Our ability to talk to the camera, to talk to a computer, to engage in a podcast interview, to clearly articulate ourselves in the digital age. To me, that is as important as reading, as writing, as sports, but our children are not learning. And even for the students who are in social media classes, who are in marketing classes, who are in communication classes, they don't know. They are mainly using social media, for example, as a passive means to consume content. Right. They haven't learned how to use digital devices, for example, to build a personal brand, for example, to launch a podcast, hmm. to, to host a live streaming show, and to network, to share content, to share their story, to inspire others, to create a movement. They don't know. Hmm. They are only using technology at a very superficial uh, level. So those are some of the reasons, and I can go on and on to talk about the issues, but that's how I kind of uh, got started and or inspired to build a better school, to teach our children to have the essential skills that they need to become successful in the 21st century. Wow. And um, you are talking about children and students as well, or only children? Which age are you talking about? So <laughs> I mainly, uh, um, my experience uh, is mainly 
uh, in working with uh, children kind of in high school yeah. and college age. Okay. So between 17 to 22 years old. Does it have connection to what you called a high school without walls or school without walls? It's the same school that you're talking yeah, about? Exactly, yeah. What does it mean without walls? Because I believe the best education, not just I believe, also based on solid body of research, the best education happens outside the classroom. When you think about our students, most of them, they feel so lost. And that's the question I heard a lot, you know, from the parents, she's actually my target audience. So I mainly talk to the parents and uh, they frequently come to me telling me, Dr. I, my children have no idea what they want to do. Even though they spend so much money investing in their children's education, they haven't learned that. I have been hosting my live streaming show for quite some time. Yeah. And uh, I, I guess the content I'm sharing is doing um, the marketing for me quite effectively. And I always have people regularly who approach to me and uh, come to me and to, for coaching services. And uh, to, uh, they booked me to do a host, to host a live streaming show for them. So I, I think, you know, understanding what you are good at Uh, clearly messaging and positioning your service in my case is being a live streaming host so that has really helped me attract the right audience to me especially those people in the education space they invite me to host a live streaming shows for them or talk about using technology to break down Uh, traditional uh, school and learning physical barriers. So, yeah, I don't know if that answered your question. It's a great success. If this is the success that really affected your journey, it's great. Almost to the extent that I feel like I'm not even marketing this, but because my content is performing so well, hmm. and people just come to me. It's almost like effortlessly wow. manifestation or creation. I, I think that's it. That's a great state that as entrepreneurs, Definitely. That we want to come, right? We don't want to chase, you know, like, oh my God, there's one client, I need to chase the other one, always run after them. That is exhausting. And I don't think that's an ideal state that we want to achieve. And in my case, I put so much effort and thoughts into my hosting my show, my content creation, and the content I'm putting out is attracting the people to me the right people to me and almost effortlessly. And to me, that's a great success. It is. Because I don't, I don't really enjoy chasing after people all the time. I want them to come to me. The right people come to me. Sure. That's the right way. We are talking about attracting our customers and you are doing that um, like instantly. And it sounds fantastic. And uh, here's another quick story. I recently... just a books another uh, speaking slash consulting gig in India and this person has been like consuming my content specifically on LinkedIn for quite some time so he knew everything about me my content is doing the marketing for me authority building trust building community building for me and he just came to me and uh, we scheduled a chat and then the next day I got the money I got the contract it was amazing I was like wow I want more of that. Hmm. 
Yeah, that's fantastic. I, can you recommend the best or most effective technological or digital tool that's related to customer focus, marketing, or sales that can help our listeners? However, I'm not looking for the last, shiniest new tool in the endless list. I'm looking for something that really works for you and might work for other entrepreneurs as well. One thing that worked so well for me is yeah. video content, video content. And uh, I don't know, I can also tell you specific tools, you know, I see I'm rushed, I use all of them. But in terms of something that is free, that all of us can use, for me, it is video content. And because of the video content I shared, you know, I shared with you earlier, and I yeah. got speaking gigs, clients who just came to me without me, reach out to them. I also like, I, I work with Adobe, HubSpot, ICM Rush, all those brands, they all came to me because of the hmm. video content I put out on a regular, I show up consistently and I have my own strategy. So in my case, it's really leveraging video. It's cheap, it's not even cheap, it is free. free and free. Uh, producing video content, and uh, also live streaming content and show up consistently and also make sure uh, the content is good. Not just, hey, look at me, but what you are communicating through video or live streaming video content. And because of the video that I shared, I gained all those amazing opportunities to work with Adobe, HubSpot, ICM Rush, this and that. And even for my immersion last year in Singapore, we visited HubSpot, Adobe, we almost visited uh, Microsoft, all those companies. And without my, my video content, I wouldn't be able to grow so much within a relatively uh, short period of time. Hmm. So if you are looking for some tools that is free, I highly recommend uh, producing uh, more video content, and especially live streaming. And it is such a great way to engage your customers, to co-create with them, to give them voice, to give them agency. I just love live streaming video content or video content. Fantastic. It's such an important uh, recommendation. We want to work with human beings. Even though you are mm -hmm. a brand, we want to see the human, the personality behind a logo. And what a better right. way the live video it is to humanize your brand, That's right. to humanize who you are. You know, that emotional connection, that human connection uh, makes a huge, huge, huge difference. Hmm. Sounds terrific and I do agree with you. David Meerman Scott published in 2007 his book the New Rules of Marketing and PR, which has influenced many people in the realm of social media as well as led to a new online world. Five years ago, he recognized that the pendulum had swung, so with his daughter Reiko, he has written a new book, Phenocracy, turning fans into customers and customers into fans, just published on January 7th. David Meerman Scott, 
spotted the real-time marketing revolution in its infancy and wrote five books about it including the new rules of marketing and pr with more than four hundred thousand copies sold in english and available in twenty-nine languages from albanian to vietnamese now david says the pendulum has swung too far in the direction of superficial online communications techie worry and bot worry people are hungry for true human connection organizations have learned to win by developing what david calls a fandocracy tapping into the mindset that relationships with customers are more important than the products they sell to them he is a massive live music fan having been in 790 live shows since he was 15 years old is passionate about the apollo loner program and he loves to surf but isn't very good at it let's welcome david meerman scott david meerman scott what a pleasure to have you here hi hey it's so great to be with you thank you very much for having me on it's a pleasure and i've been waiting for this conversation since the first time i heard jeff bullis and he was one of my first interviewees talking about your book as something that really changed his world or his professional world. So, and then I heard it from some other successful entrepreneurs. So I'm so excited towards this interview. Thank you. Yeah, me too. And it's very, I'm, I'm honored that Jeff and others say that about me. It's very kind of them. Um, I was lucky enough to have seen the online revolution a long time before other people did and started writing and speaking about how we can reach people through the web and reach people through social media. And I started doing that more than 15 years ago. So I was quite early in that revolution. But it's very kind of people to say that um, I influenced them. I appreciate that. <laughs> and as I told you, when I heard it, I was a bit sorry that I didn't read it then. So... <laughs> I'm so excited because I know you told me that now a new book is going to come out and I hope you will hear a lot about it this time because I'm going to be among the first to buy it. Oh, so, thank uh, you so much. Yeah. No, so thank exciting. you for writing so, it. So exciting. So exciting. And I just shared with my audience what you've done until now. And I would like you to share with us what are you doing and most passionate about today? And where are you heading? So what I've been doing over the last five years is thinking very, very deeply about what's coming next after the social media and real-time revolution. And the reason I've been thinking about this so deeply is because The New Rules of Marketing and PR is the book that I'm best known for. And that book originally came out in 2007. It's now in the sixth edition, and it's published in 29 languages. People remember that they had read a long time ago. So um, my book, The New Rules of Marketing and PR, has, has kind of influenced a lot of people, but also it's led to an online world that I think 
is becoming more polarized. Okay. It's becoming a place where people are just trying to send yet another email spam. They're trying to push their content out in inappropriate ways. Um, there's even inappropriate use of artificial intelligence. And, you know, I was on a site recently and I didn't even realize until a couple of minutes that I was talking to a robot. Oh. And, and then in the political world, like in, in my country and in other countries too, you know, the political discourse online is become so nasty and mean, even from the president of the United States. So what I recognized is that the pendulum has swung too far in the direction of superficial online communications, but people are hungry, mm. hungry for a true human connection. And so I've been thinking deeply and writing and researching around how people can have a much more human connection with other people and how businesses can have a much more human connection with their customers. I must ask, what do you mean by more human? Isn't any connection between two human beings is human? I don't think so, because I think when a company deploys artificial intelligence and pretends that there's a human that you're mm -hmm. talking to, or when a company takes an email and puts a thousand or ten thousand or a hundred thousand email addresses into a single email, or when people are just being mean and nasty, that that's not human. That's not um, a powerful mm. connection. Um, that's just doing something to try to sell a product or a service. And we don't want to be sold in that way. And so I think the organizations that are going to be successful into 2020 and beyond are the ones who can truly understand how to reach people in a much more, um, you know, I call it a way of that they're growing fans of their customers. Yeah, I need to and, understand that, yeah. And so this idea came about um, because five years ago, as I was saying, I was so focused on the idea that superficial online communications was not working for, for, for many people anymore. But at the same time, I was thinking that there are so many organizations that I'm truly a fan of. For example, I love live music and mm -hmm. I go to many live music concerts. I've actually been to um, nearly 800 live music wow. concerts in my life. Wow. 786, exactly. <laughs> uh, including, I know, I count them. I have a spreadsheet, <laughs> an Excel spreadsheet. I keep them all in. Um, including, I've been to 75 Grateful yeah, Dead concerts. Wow. And so I was thinking about how much of a fan I am of the Grateful Dead. And I said to my daughter, Reiko, she was 21 at the time. She's now 26 years old. And I said, Reiko, it's crazy that I've been to 75 Grateful Dead concerts. I'm <laughs> such a fan. <laughs> it and is crazy said, if you ask me. Okay? It is. I know. It, it's crazy in one way. But she said, Daddy, I'm, I'm a huge fan of Harry Potter mm. in the same way. Uh, she told me, uh, which I knew, that she'd read every single Harry Potter book multiple times. She's seen every Harry Potter movie multiple times. 
she went to um, Florida to go to the Wizarding World of Harry Potter theme park. And she went to London to go to the Harry Potter (laughs) studios. But not only that, she wrote a 90,000 word alternative ending book to the Harry Potter series and posted it for free on a fan fiction site. And it's been downloaded thousands of times and hundreds of people have commented on it. So what we recognized is that we're both big fans of the things that we love. And when we spoke with people around the world, it's many, many people told us similar stories that there were fans of something, of a sports team, or of um, classic cars, or of bird watching, or of um, of a different music artist, or there's everybody seems to have something that they're incredibly passionate about, and many people are incredibly passionate about the companies that treat them well, whatever company that might be, the organizations that treat them as a human being. And so that's what led to us writing the book that turned into um, fanocracy, turning fans into customers and customers into fans. I wrote that with my daughter. David, now I would like you to share with us something about your success. And I know you've got quite a few, although I can say what helped me most. But, uh, but I'm waiting for Phenocracy. I think this is going to be my book in 2020. Oh, <laughs> I really am uh, looking that. forward. You know that. And, but I want you to share with us or to tell us the story. of your greatest or one of the greatest or most significant success as a result, perhaps, or the right so, focus or customer focus? So I have an ability to see patterns mm. in the universe that mm. other people don't see. Uh, it doesn't happen to me very often. There's three times that it was really, really significant, Please. though, and I want to share them briefly. The first time was about a little about twenty years ago, a little bit little bit less than twenty years ago. The whole world was talking about internet marketing as mm. an advertising metaphor. So everyone was talking about internet marketing as you would buy an email list and send out an email list, and that's that's like advertising. Or they would do banner ads, and that was like advertising. But I had worked in um, yeah. the news business, and I saw internet marketing as publishing content. I saw it completely differently. I saw a pattern in the universe that other people weren't seeing. And so that led me to write my book, The New Rules of Marketing and PR, that came out in 2007 and was... The very first book that talked about what we now might call content marketing or social media marketing or inbound marketing, there's different names for it. I wrote the first book on that subject, and it's um, arguably the most popular book on that subject. It sold 400,000 wow. copies in English and it's wow. in 29 languages. Um, the second time I saw patterns in the universe that other people weren't seeing was 10 years ago when... Um, a few things happened. Number one, um, Twitter started to really become popular. Twitter, of course, is a real-time Definitely. social networking tool. If I tweet right now, the whole world sees it. 
The second thing is that around 10 years ago, Google started to index the search engine in real time. Prior to I that, I don't know if you remember this, a lot of people forget this, but about 10 years ago and, and later, if I wrote a blog post, Google would take two months or three months to index that. If you changed the page of your website, Google would take two months or three months to index that. And then they changed the way they do their algorithms. And um, all of a sudden, they were real time. If you change, if you wrote a blog post, it was indexed instantly. If you changed your website, it was indexed instantly. I didn't know it was instantly. different before. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, it was. Well, and it was. And so I saw those two things, the real-time social networking around Twitter and other social networks, as well as Google being real-time, as being unbelievably important. And so I wrote a book on that subject. It's called Real-Time Marketing and PR. I also invented a concept called newsjacking. And newsjacking is... Um, the art and science of injecting your ideas into a breaking news story. And the idea of newsjacking has become so popular around the world that it's actually now listed in the Oxford wow. English Dictionary. And, it's, uh, I, and my name is in the dictionary as the inventor of newsjacking. The third time I saw patterns in the universe that other people aren't seeing was recently around this new book, Fanocracy, because what I was seeing is that the pendulum has swung too far in the direction of superficial online communications at a time when people are hungry for true human connection. And so I really wanted to dig into how do people connect? How do humans connect? And then I recognized that people who are fans of something are truly connected. And that's what led to the book Fanocracy. So, you know, my six people say David is successful because he mm -hmm. wrote that book. I, the, these books? I don't think so. I think I'm successful because I have an ability to see things before other people see them, and then I write about them. I get the idea out into the universe. So uh, that's another reason that I think me and other fans are looking to read the new book. I think it's clear that uh, you have this gift. Many thanks to Blake, Dariana, Dr. I. And of course, to David Mirman Scott. Social media is still, as I see it, the dominant communication channel through which businesses can connect and engage with their target audience and customers, as well as with influencers to achieve wide success. I look forward to watching all the relevant sessions from the, unfortunately, virtual Social Media Marketing World 2020 conference so that I can gain a wide perspective on the coming year and better understand how my students and customers should use this media to win the competition and become or keep their positions as market leaders. And I will, of course, share it with you. So until next week, bye-bye and take care. And for you, our listeners, until the next time, it all goes down to this. You either reach or miss. Keep reaching your goals and vision. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Reach or Miss Show, the podcast for the customer-focused entrepreneur. You can find all the information, links, and resources that was mentioned at the show in our website, reachormiss.com. See you next week.